Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Michael Hogue and Ali Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Michael and Ali Hogue. Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast with Ali and Michael. We're back. Been a while, bit of a hiatus, hiatus, however you say it. I forget the, the term, but... You, you say hiatus, I say hiatus, so... Uh, we've had a bit of a break. It's been, um, it's been a long time and we've had a lot of listeners and clients uh, basically begging for us to come back in, which is great. So people are listening, people are intrigued, people are learning things. Um, it's been a, I guess... We had a bit of a, a tough time today trying to get into the booth. Nothing was working. Things were booked out, but we're here. Yes, yeah, good. And uh, look, it's been a while for me. I, I went back and checked. I think it was April 2023, the last mm-hmm. podcast that I did. Um, we put it down for a little while. We got really, really busy. And mm. um, and it's one of those things that time just flies. Mm. Uh, here we are, early February 2024. And back in the booth for the first time for a while for me, Ali. You've been doing some podcasts on your own, which has been great. Um, it's um, those solo ones are a bit harder though. There's no flow. No. You know, I'm, I'm waiting for someone to ask me a question, but I've realised now I've got to ask myself the question. It doesn't yeah. feel natural. So a conversation works a lot better. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe so as well. So um, it's our first podcast together. So it's good. It Exciting. Is. Massive um, milestone. Massive <laughs> milestone. See how it goes. Um, we have a listener question that we're going to start off with. So, yeah, there's been heaps of listener questions come through um, to the um, Money Over 50 podcast email. Uh, bear with us because we're just going back through those now. Some of those came in in 2023. Um, mm. We will cycle back through them. And um, it's, it's really good to get those listener questions. Uh, we will cycle back through them and um, and, and and answer um, those questions for you guys, but just uh, bear with us. Yeah, so the one that we'll start with is from Renee and Paul. So I got in touch with them yesterday actually and, and answered this question, but we thought it might be a good opportunity to explain it to everyone else uh, because we do realize that, you know, we know what we know, but of course we work around this industry day in day out. So mm. we gotta we gotta take the time to explain these concepts anyway. So I'll read off the message. Uh, Good morning. I've been listening to your Money Over Fifty podcast and have received a wealth of information. Great listening. Thank you. I do have a question though that I'm hopeful you could clear up for me. Your podcast episode three one three is talking about the carry forward provisions for concessional contributions. I understand the concept, however, I was then confused with the example at the end. You make mention of a high-income earner who contributed 50000 and received back 20000 uh, by claiming it as a tax deduction. How is this example relevant to the concessional cap? I thought after-tax contributions were non-concessional. Is it the tax return component of 20000 that counts towards the concessional cap? And what happens when that 20000 is contributed back into the fund, like you suggest? So, reading in between the lines, um, I guess the, 
the main question is, uh, or, or the main thoughts there is understanding different types of contributions. Would you, that's what you sort of gather from that? Yeah, look, absolutely. Look, it is confusing. Um, and I know where the confusion comes from. Most people uh, have in their mind that concessional contributions are salary sacrifice contributions mm-hmm. or employer contributions. Now, at one stage, that used to be the only way, wasn't it? It was um, for, uh, yeah, for wages and salary earners it was, yeah. yeah. So, for, for, for business owners, um, they could do it the, the lump sum way. But mm-hmm. at one stage many years ago, that was the, that was the only way. Um, so, so people have, I guess, conditioned themselves to think of salary sacrifice, employer contributions mm. as concessional contributions. Yeah. And they've thought of, of lump sum contributions as non-concessional contributions. Now, I can understand that because... I um, mean, they're right at the, at the very start. They're right, right at the start. Yeah. Mm. It's, it is, um, does get confusing, but I guess the main thought is that they're right. When you do make contributions into superannuation using your after-tax money. So personal contributions, they are classified as non-concessional and that that happens um, at the very beginning. Now, the tricky part, I guess, here where the confusion can pop in is is what you can do with that con- uh, that contribution. So basically, what, what we sort of describe there is um, we describe claiming a tax deduction on that amount. So... A way you can do that, so there's a form called a notice of intent to vary. To claim a tax deduction. To claim a tax deduction. There's a very one as well. Notice of intent to claim a tax deduction form, yeah. So there's a form you can do. Um, A lot of super funds make it easy for you anyway. Um, But basically what what that essentially does is using those personal contributions, you're able to claim an amount of that. You can do the full amount or a portion of that. And what it does is transfers that or changes the properties of that contribution into concessional contributions. So rather than, I guess, with salary sacrifice, the what happens there is you're paying with before tax money at the very start, so you receive that tax saving throughout your payroll. Now, when you claim a tax deduction, you change the non-concessional contribution to concessionals, and essentially what that does, come your tax return time, it will reduce your tax um, taxable income down by the amount you've claimed the deduction on. Now, I know I'm saying deduction and concessional so many times, so bear with me here. But essentially what happens then is, say we've made a $50,000 personal contribution, so non-concessional. We decide to claim the full amount as a tax deduction. If your taxable income was 100000 for that year, um, essentially you're bringing it down by 50000 So your taxable income will be about that 50000 mm. mark. And that tax savings is not something that you see throughout your income over the year, but you will see that um, with an increase in your tax return. Is that right? Is there, Correct. Does that sound yeah. about so, right? So let's, let's go through because it it's a hard concept to explain over, yeah. over audio. I've, I've actually uh. got a thought on this too. So I was, I was thinking, so... When I explained this to them, I was typing it out and I realized typing it still might not, it might not get the picture through. Yeah. So what I will do at the end of this is attach a, a short video anyway in the description and just explain the concept visually as well. Yeah, that, that's a good idea, Ali. Um, yeah, so I guess, I guess in this situation, uh, so 
superannuation funds will have a way of contributing and they, they have BPAY numbers mm. now and um, that they, they, will, they will call that a personal contribution. Mm. Um, now, personal contributions start out life, think of them starting out life as a non-concessional contribution. So in this example, if this person were to put $50,000 in as a lump sum, um, Renee, you're correct, that starts out life as a non-concessional contribution. $50,000 leaves this person's bank account. It goes into their superannuation fund and um, it's it's immediately assumed to be a non-concessional contribution. Therefore, no super contributions tax is deducted on that. As Ali was displaying before, the way that you turn that into a concessional contribution, um, which is then a personal tax deduction to this person, is that you lodge what is known as an, a notice of intent to claim a tax deduction form. Now, superannuation funds, each superannuation fund has that form, has an official form called a notice of intent to claim a tax deduction. It is an ATO form. Um, however, superannuation funds will put their own logos on that. So in this example, um, a, a person has, as Ali said, a $100,000 taxable income in, in, a, in a basic mm. example they contribute fifty thousand dollars as a lump sum uh, it starts out life as a non-concessional contribution uh, look assuming that they have the cap space mm. the concessional contribution cap space so they would need to be tapping into what's known as carry forward concessional contributions they could potentially allocate that entire fifty thousand dollars as a concessional contribution by completing the notice of intent to claim a tax deduction form. What will happen then is the superannuation fund will deduct 15% tax from the amount nominated on the notice of intent to claim a tax deduction form. Yeah, that's correct. So um, in this case, they would deduct $7,500 in super contributions tax. That previously non-concessional contribution it started out life as that has now become a a concessional contribution and it is reclassified internally in the superannuation fund and reported back to the ato now as a concessional contribution along with the 15 percent tax deducted the super fund then issues a receipt for that um, that person takes that fifty thousand dollar receipt uh, to their accountant at the end of the year, and that $50,000 um, receipt is then used to reduce that person's taxable income. So in this example, that person's taxable income, which was previously $100,000, has reduced by $50,000 down to a taxable income of $50,000. Yeah, so there is tax savings on that. There um, is, there is. So um, they, they are in a tax bracket that is um, uh, uh, between... Thirty-four. Well, it's yeah, it's it's a th it's a solid thirty-four yep. and a half percent tax bracket. Uh, any income that they earn over forty-five thousand dollars, what they would be doing is claiming that. In effect, um, uh, they would be reducing their tax, mm. as in they'll get a tax return of thirty-four and a half percent. Yep. Of fifty thousand dollars, yep. which um, by my calculations is is. Uh, 17 yeah 17 and a half 17 and a half percent so that's um 
that's sort of money in the hand. That's your income tax savings. Now, bear in mind, there is still that 15% tax that is paid inside the super fund when you uh, make concessional contributions. Um, so overall, you'd be getting an overall tax saving of $10,000. But the, I guess the handy thing of having the 17500 in the hand is that you, it's basically a forced saving over time. And you can use that. That can be another tool for future years uh, to potentially get that money back into super mm-hmm. and then again get uh, another uh, tax saving as well. If we go through this, it, it is a – look, I, I call this a tax arbitrage. Yeah. Um, so you, you're paying 15% when you reclassify it as a concessional contribution on the way in. So that's, that's – you know, you're losing 15% internally in your super fund from that $50,000. However – this person on a hundred thousand dollar income is in firmly in the thirty four and a half percent tax bracket, so yep. they're claiming thirty four and a half percent as a um, as a tax yep. return. Um, they're paying fifteen percent out of one hand. They're claiming thirty four and a half percent in one hand. It's it's a it's yeah it's a it's a it's a significant rate of return. It's a nineteen and a half percent rate of return overnight. Um, It'd be pretty hard to find many investments that can do that and you have the confidence to actually know that's going to be the case. But when it comes to an immediate tax saving, that's a, that's a huge saving. The, um, there's a couple of things to, to discuss here. So, so salary sacrifice mm. is the same, gives you the same result as this? Yes. So... If this person were to salary sacrifice fifty thousand dollars throughout the year, um, it's a little bit less than a thousand dollars per week. Mm. They would achieve the same tax benefits as yeah. this person doing it at the end of the year. Where we find salary sacrifice uh, more difficult to do is um, it, it's it's uh, some look look it's salary sacrifice. It, it works. It's six or one half a dozen the other. Um, sometimes it's difficult to get a lump sum in salary sacrifice because you don't have that many pay periods left in that financial year. Yep. And here's where we'll cross over to the carry forward concessional contribution legislation because part of Renee's question um, and part of episode 313 was talking about carry forward concessional contributions. Is that correct, Ali? I think yeah. I remember yep. you. So, so carry forward, quick brush up on that. <clears throat> um, dating back to 2018-19, uh, legislation was enacted to say that if you didn't use your full concessional contribution cap for that particular year, you could carry that forward into future years so, um, as long as you meet some qualifications, yeah. which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, the big one is that your superannuation, your total superannuation balance, not just that particular fund, but the sum of all your superannuation balances um, must be below five hundred thousand uh, dollars on the previous thirtieth of June. Yes. that you're taking advantage of this. So, let's assume that's the case. Um, I'll give you an example for a client of mine, a real life client. Um, they uh, let me fo- let, let me follow this sort through. Um, if you're so back in 2018-19, the concessional contributions limit was $25,000 and what that means is that's the sum total of any salary sacrifice, any employer contributions that are yep. made 
or any money that you've put in in the previous example that we used and reclassified as a concessional contribution for that particular year. So if you didn't use all of that, then you can um, carry that forward and you can even use that money now in this year, this current year, 2023-24, because you can go back five full financial years. Yep. Um, the example that I would use is that if your employer and salary sacrifice contributions totaled $10,000 in 2018-19, then you have um, $15,000 of, of available uh, cap space. That was previously lost. If you didn't actually maximize that in that particular financial year, you lost that forever. Yeah. Now the rule is that you can carry that forward even to, into 2023-24 financial year. So um, a person can actually go back this particular financial year, um, that cap space has since been increased to $27,500. They could do the yeah. full $27,500 in this year and they could do another $15,000 for 2018-19 uh, in that example if they're, That's if they're, exactly right. if they're concessional contributions. Now, there's, there's people sitting on quite a bit of available cap space. So following that thought through, um, if your employer contributions totaled $10,000 per year, and sorry, your combination of your employer, yeah, salary sacrifice, and concessional contributions. Yep. Total ten thousand dollars per year for those last five financial years. Then you would be carrying forward um, fifteen thousand dollars spare from twenty eighteen nineteen, fifteen thousand dollars spare from twenty nineteen twenty, fifteen thousand dollars spare from. It just keeps on building. So there's three <laughs> financial years there. Um, so. 15, 15, 15, that's $45,000. Um, the cap went up to $27,500 for the 21, yep. 22 financial year and the 22, 23 financial year. Yep. So you'd be carrying forward $17,500 times two years there. Mm. Um, that's $35,000. So you would be sitting on 45000 35000 you'd be sitting on uh, $80,000. So in this particular year of 23-24, what that means is that you would be able to use up your existing concessional contributions cap of $27,500 and the maximum you would be able to put in to claim as a tax deduction, as a personal tax deduction, would be another $80,000 yeah. remaining from those. So here's where that becomes an advantageous um, thing is where... Uh, for example, a client of mine, um, uh, and they won't. Their story is on our website, so they won't yeah. mind you me saying their names and their listeners to the podcast. Hello, Adam and Christine. <laughs> uh, what happened? So, um, uh, Christine, uh, she'll laugh at this as well. She likes to put Adam to work full time. In fact, uh, beyond full time, and yep. uh, she she does a great job of uh, looking after the kids and running the house and all that sort of stuff. So. Christine had um, uh, quite a, a lowish taxable income. Yeah. We hadn't used up her cap space each ah, and every year. So it would have just um, kept on building, especially with that low building. income. Um, fast forward, uh, they sold a an investment property and they'd owned it for a long time. There was quite mm. a substantial capital gain. Um, what had happened, what happens with the capital gain is that capital gain is added to your taxable income as, as if you earn that from wage and salary. Yeah. Um, however, you pay the tax at the end of the year. 
in their situation, um, over over one hundred thousand dollars of capital gain was added to Christine's taxable income mm. because they sold uh, an investment property in that particular year that they owned for a long time. Um, Christine actually had sixty eight thousand seven hundred ninety seven dollars worth of of uh, carry forward concessional contributions remaining yeah, from well. previous years. So um, what we did. What we did for her was recommend that she contributes $68,797 to superannuation. Yep. Uh, and um, that went in, per the previous example, it started our life as a, a personal non-concessional contribution. Um, at the end of the financial year, we we, we changed that to yep. a through, via uh, lodging the notice of intent to claim a tax deduction form. We... we um, change that to a concessional contribution. So yeah, she had okay. now a personal tax deduction of $68,797. Um, uh, she would have paid significant income tax mm. from the capital gain. Uh, however, with that tax deduction, that significantly decreased the amount of tax that she eventually paid. Um, so carry forward concessional contributions, if you have them, look, look it, it comes in handy quite, quite a few times. Um, it specifically comes in really handy if you're selling something for a capital gain yeah. in a particular financial year. And, and property is one of those things because you can't you can't sell half a property and then a half in the next financial year. You can't actually spread those capital gains out. Mm. Um, the very nature of, of property is if you're selling it, um, you, you, you incur sometimes a very, very large capital gain in that particular financial year. So um, that pushes you actually up through the tax bracket. So with that capital gain tacked on, um, Christine actually pushed up into the thirty-nine percent tax bracket. Yeah, like she pushed it. She pushed right up high. Um, so with the carry forward concessional contributions dating back to 2018-19, there was the unused amount that we hadn't needed to use because she wasn't on a high income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that all totaled $68,797. So we're able to take advantage of that in one particular financial year. Look, it's great legislation, this yeah. carry forward concessional contribution yeah. le- legislation. It was brought back in 2019-20. Yep. Um, and this is the first financial year, 23-24, that you're able to go back the full five years. Yeah. Because so, they actually drew a line in the sand. So the legislation actually says you can go back Five, five full years. financial years, but they drew a line in the Senate 2018 19. So, you know, each year we've added on another financial year, each yeah. year that we've progressed. Um, like I said, there is, there is, we know that there's caveats to that, Ali. There's, there's your total super balance needs to be under $500,000 on the 30th of June, uh, June the, previous, the previous financial year. That's a, that's an important one there, and that's potentially. Maybe we'll go into a bit more detail about how how that works and the risks there in a different episode. Um, but there there are things to be aware of, and and when using carry forwards as a strategy, um, remember to always look ahead and make sure that uh, nothing's sort of missed there. But I guess to I don't I'm bearing in mind I don't want to give too much information in the one podcast. Otherwise, you know you you have too much, you're not going to be able to soak it in. But what I will explain or go over um, regarding the concessionals, I'll go over a quick, I guess, summary of those 
main points and then maybe perhaps uh, you could summarize the carry forwards there. Um, essentially, things to be, be mindful of. So concessional contributions, what they include are things like your employer contributions, salary sacrifice, and of course, personal contributions, which you can then claim a tax deduction on. Um, so only, obviously, once you claim that tax deduction, that's when they become concessionals. Number two is when claiming a tax deduction on a personal contribution, you're essentially changing that amount from non-concessional to concessional. So a good example, uh, if I was to make a 40,000 personal contribution and claim a tax deduction on 30 of it, 30,000 uh, would be concessional and 10,000 would remain non-concessional. Uh, and number three is the amount of increased tax return is essentially um, your income tax savings. So this this amount here, so you could be using it, treat it, you sort of can treat it as a forced saving and it could be used for uh, discretionary spending, holidays, or again, to build further, uh, build your retirement savings even, even further uh, than you originally had as well. Uh, I guess those are, those are the main things um, I hope that can sort of help you guys understand what the concessional contributions um, are and how they, how they can potentially work as well. Yep, fantastic. That's a great summary, Ali. Uh, I just remind everyone that it is so a lump sum contribution is generally made as what they call a personal contribution. Mm-hmm. And uh, that starts out life as a non-concessional contribution. It will remain a non-concessional contribution unless, mm. and that unless is unless you lodge a notice of intent to claim a tax deduction. Mm. It's not an all or nothing proposition, which is one thing we didn't ca- cover. Say the example before, $50,000 is made. It starts out life as a, mm. um, as a non-concessional contribution. If you only need to use 40,000 of that as a concessional contribution because you've worked it out with your tax planning, then you can lodge a form, the Notice of Intent to Claim a Tax Deduction form saying, I made 50, I only want to claim 40 as a concessional contribution. So the super fund will deduct 15% yeah. tax only on the 40 then and they'll issue you with a receipt for that $40,000. Yeah, on that, um, what if I've, what if the client or I have claimed a tax deduction on the full 50 but then realised um, I only need to claim a tax deduction on 40. Can I change that? You can. And the lovely thing about this as well is that you can actually lodge that notice of intent to claim a tax deduction form. Firstly, you can do that after the financial year is closed off. Mm. So if I'm claiming for the 23-24 financial year, I can actually wait until um, you know, after 30th of June 2024. Yeah. I can see exactly what super contributions were made by my employer and... Um, and then I can actually get it exactly right. I can then go, yeah. okay, well, now I can sp- pick an exact figure that I want to lodge as a um, concessional contribution. Yeah. Uh, noting that I don't want to go over my cap, uh, yeah. my, my allowable cap. Um, if you do get it wrong, you can lodge a variation. Yeah, so you can actually say, hey, I claimed $50,000. Mm. In fact, I, um, yeah, I shouldn't have claimed that much. It should have only been... Forty thousand uh, dollars. When you sit down with your accountant, there could be other reasons why that is. Yeah. Um, you can then lodge what you're referring to before, Ali. Uh, 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 I think it's called a notice of intent to vary. A notice to, a notice to vary a tax deduction. I think yeah. it's called. Yeah. Yeah. So um, superannuation funds will have that. Um, as always, look. These are very, 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 very detailed um, examples that we're using here. We'll, we'll, I'll 
it's at the start of the podcast, but I'll, I'll remind everyone because it's general advice. So we're mm. not looking at any one specific situation here. Look, there's there's a, a multitude of pros and cons here. Yeah. Um, one of the one of the, the negatives of doing this is that you need to be aware that money is then locked up in your superannuation fund until That's some correct. point in the future to meet a condition of release. Um, look, it's not for everyone. Certainly, seek advice yeah. if you um, if you if you want uh, to, to talk about how this could work for you. Yeah, correct. Um, excellent. Well, uh, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, what I might do to, I guess, potentially help you understand a bit further is is um, I'll include a link in the description to just provide a short video going over, um, going over the strategy, how it works, and then uh, at least that way you've got a visual uh, to help understand it a bit better. No worries. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 financial advisors. For more information and resources, visit the Money Over 50 website, mo50.com.au. We look forward to catching up again soon.